0: Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And buy Barbecueers Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavorwood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com.
1: This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly. And you are listening to BCRN. All barbecue and grilling all the time.
2: So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on,
1: strike the match, and
2: should we call the fire
1: department? That might be a good idea.
0: Good evening and welcome to a live Barbecue Central show. It's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live from the Hurricane State, State, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city and barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. Happy to have you aboard. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. It is your Tuesday live fire cooking and grilling show two ways to get in touch with the show if you want to do it, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you want to, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show, and a big one. So if you aren't familiar with uh, what exactly is going down, here's what's happening. By the way, if you want to find out anything else about the show, you can just hit the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Coming up at 14 past the hour, Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue will join me. Coming up at 35 past 9 o'clock, Derek Riches from About.com. And then we move into the second hour. Mike McLeod from MMA Marketing is going to talk about the word, the word and the World Food Championships. Also, rounding out the show at 35 past 10, Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. That's right, beard gone. Cleanly shaven. Glad you noticed, Don. And cleanly shaven thanks to the Dollar Shave Club. You get on board with that, you're a fool if you don't. Uh, so there you go. Dan Hickson, Derek Riches, Mike McLeod, Dave Bosca, And that's where we're at for who's going to be on the show tonight. Quickly, Survey Tuesday questions. Frog in my throat. feel like I haven't done this like in a week. <laughs> when we talk about barbecue competitions, you know, there's a certain number that kind of rise above and really capture the imagination, if you will. So if you follow it or if you're a competitor, what would you rather win? The American Royal Open, the American Royal Invitational, the Jack, or this new one that just took place this past weekend, the World Food Championships. Now, the WFC obviously not nearly as entrenched with the time behind it. I guess the the revelry and the prestige that some of these other ones have but of those four what would you like? The American Royal, Open Invitational, the Jack, or the Wool the I'm going to have trouble with that now. World Food Championships. Question number 2. And this might be more for the East Coasters uh, and middle middle of the country folks. How's everyone after the uh, the hurricane? You know, week removed. How's my East Coast folks doing? East Coast. Hold it down. Stay tough now. Question number three. If you could only cook on one cooker, if you're like me, it's almost like Sophie's Choice. But if you could only cook on one cooker, what would it be? Those are your Survey Tuesday questions. We'll get them back again. Top of the second hour. Did you vote today? Gang, breaking news. Did you know there was election today? Definitely there's a presidential election. Look, I don't care uh, who you voted for today. I just hope you actually took the time to do it. There's a lot of people out there over the course of centuries that gave their lives for what we have and what we're actually able to do today. But look, what I experienced today at the voting booth affirms my belief that the voting process, as in the way we are checked in... And the ballots and how they're distributed and so on broke into the core. Is there no way in this day and age of technology and security that there isn't a better, more efficient and more secure way to cast my vote for what really is the most important thing we do each and every four years? Is there no better way that we could possibly do this? I don't have a solution. Typically, I'm not the guy who bitches about stuff and then has no solution to offer up. But Jesus Christ, that was a damn joke today. I can't imagine it was much different for most of you. So when there ends up being an inquiry on votes or so many hundreds of votes or thousands or hundreds of thousands of votes are thrown out because of mishandling, it's not going to surprise me. There just has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. To get this voting process done in a timely fashion. And without the friggin' old, look, I got nothing against old people. I'm going to be there someday, sooner than later, unfortunately. But the checking in process and people don't know how you're checked in by last name, not first name. Paper balloting. I just can't believe we are still tied down to this archaic voting process. Do I love the process itself and the democracy and all that stuff, and the symbolism? Absolutely. Is the process a most ridiculous, archaic, mind-boggling, almost sham? <laughs> Absolutely. it is. Get that big stuff out of here. I saw it firsthand. Oh, my God. All right, quick recap of what happened last week. Uh, much to my surprise, the hurricane actually uh, came up into Ohio, at least where we were, and took out our power. We were without power Monday night uh, all the way through late Friday night, late Friday night. So that's why there was no show. And look, um, we weren't in anywhere near of a mishandling or, or a uh, terrible situation like it was over in the East Coast. Um, so... I'm thankful for it was just power. You know, I can replace a refrigerator full of food, no problem. I can replace the freezer full of food, no problem. Uh, Thankful everybody was safe. But, look, if you were involved in it, you know, I hope you're getting along all right, especially if you're still without power. Your house got caved in. Um, I just got some late emails from David over on the East Coast, and his car got collapsed in on. And Luckily, the Weber Smoky Mountain made it, though, David, right? So if we're looking for the silver liners. Uh, Jim Shaheen, who appears on this show, frequently wrote a great article about Operation Barbecue Relief and their efforts post-Sandy in the Washington Post today. I don't know if you were able to check that out. If you have a chance, go read. It's under the Smoke Signals blog, WashingtonPost.com. I think if you go over to, like, food or – you can find them somehow, some way. But go ahead and read what he wrote about Operation Barbecue Relief. I know he's written on them at least one or two other times uh, but given the magnitude of the storm and the number of people it affected, definitely worth a read if you have the time to get over there again. Uh, WashingtonPost.com. Jim Shaheen writes the Smoke Signals blog and did a great piece on Operation Barbecue Relief. Quickly, let me get you to the Kansas City Barbecue Society's Team of the Year Top 5 as it sits right now, or at least as I have checked a couple hours ago on the website. Three Eyes Barbecue is currently in the lead. Second, Pigskin Barbecue. Third, where did these guys come from? Munchin' hogs at the Hilton. It's crazy. Rob McGee trying to make a repeat. Uh, four Little town. five Big T's Q crew. And then because I'm an equal opportunity promoter, we go to the FBA top five. Big Papa's Country Kitchen currently sitting in the top spot. Get our smoked. Number two, Swamp Boys Barbecue. Rub Bagby and the uh, boys out there. Sitting in the third position, Blitzkrieg Barbecue in the fourth spot. Hot Wachulas, rounding out the top five. Speaking of Hot Wachulas, for the people that really listen to the show, know the show, what the hell ever happened to Dan from Wachula? Dan, where are you? Remember Dan? Used to call in. Used to sound a little... feminine. I don't care. And would always work like he had some type of legitimate comment that he was going to make about the show or about a guest and then worked into some weird double entendre sexual thing and eventually got himself run off the show but since Hot Wachula is sitting in 5th spot and I hear Wachula I immediately go back because nobody knows the show better than me right it's my show and maybe Don and Phil White whatever happened to Dan from Wachula Dan holla at your boy where you been at too busy for me? Too good for me now? All right, lots of things to get to. Dan Hickson coming up in about five minutes. Also, rounding out the first hour, Derek Rich is from About.com. Do I have time to do this real quick? Damn it. Let me see if I can link over here real quick. Oh, no, that was removed by the
3: user. No. Get
0: well, that's terrible. I was going to show you the cannonball failure. Did everybody see this? I don't know where the hell it went. It actually went viral from what I believe. You had a guy who cleared off a bunch of ice. It was really cold out wherever they were. Decided he was going to do a cannonball into the water. Except for the fact that he took so much time, the top of the water froze back over. So he cannonballed into ice. Thank you for coming. Get that out of here. Never a good idea to do uh, cannonball into ice. Word to word the wise is a host of a popular show that I listen to, would say. All right, gang, we talk about pellet cookers a lot on this show. I think my dad's actually looking into possibly getting a pellet cooker. Number of teams out there on the circuit using pellet cookers. So I always tell you, look, Rempy, what do you suggest as far as uh, pellet fuel is concerned for manufacturer? For me, barbecue or delight 100% of the time. Widely considered to be the pellet resource by people like me, by teams that use them on the competition circuit, by caterers. You name it, people are going to barbecuers alike like more and more. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing that cast iron pot option. You buy yourself a nice little sampler pack of pellets. You load a one-third cup into the pot and then place that into your cooker or grill. Let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, since these pellets have been processed from sawdust, you know, you get pressure in there that generates heat. Any contaminants present in the wood, eliminated. This process produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality, and pellets are easy to use since you don't have to soak in water prior to use. Easy to blend wood flavors. They produce consistent results each and every time. And you use Barbecueers Delight Wood Pellets. Now... Here's something to quickly remember. If you're buying those little one-pound bags, that's 100% flavorwood. If you're using it to do uh, or fire your cookers, little different recipe, two-thirds oak, one-third flavorwood. Candy and the folks over at Barbecuer's Delight have determined that that is the best mix to give you that consistent BTU temperature and the wood flavor that you're looking for. So do yourself a favor. Grab some Barbecuer's Delight pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all the flavors that they have. Stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks. It's Barbecueers Delight, the choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me each and every weekend. Our website, again, barbecuersdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. All right, we'll step away real quick, and when we come back, Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here, and you're watching... The Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central radio, audio, video networks. Stick around. I'll be right back. Back. Coming up on uh, 14 past the hour. Gosh, I love it when and it I gotta out. figure out how to get that noise off. It's maddening to no end. Hello. Danny. Hey, can you
2: hear me, okay?
0: Yeah, I can hear you well. Can you hear me? All right.
2: I can indeed.
0: All right. Let me give you a proper introduction. My first guest tonight, having one of the most successful seasons we have seen in recent memory, capturing, I believe, to date, eleven grand championships. Uh, obviously, looking to add a few more before this year is out. This past weekend, notched a reserve grand at the prestigious Hog Happening in Shelby, North Carolina. They also purvey a very successful line of barbecue rubs. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back pitmaster of Three Eyes Barbecue, Dan Hickson. Dan, another good weekend. Well, it's always my pleasure, and I appreciate you making time for the show, Dan. And, you know, kind of another great weekend for you and Three Eyes. More points, another RGC. Uh, Here's another event with 50-plus teams, and you guys still managed to do well. I imagine you're pretty happy with how the weekend shook out for
2: you. Oh, ecstatic. Ecstatic. I mean, we got a 691, which is one of our highest scores, and, and we still lost. So the level of competition out there is, is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as we look at the results, you know me, Dan, I'm not a math guy, so I like to round up. So we'll call it a 692, good enough for second place. A 697 wins it for two old men in a grill. You know, as we look back at those turn-ins, uh, really overall uh, top ten calls for everything. You're actually, you know, when we talk about competition cooking and pitmasters always talk about consistency, Geez, for your placement finishes, you couldn't be any more consistent. Chicken eighth place. Uh, how did that actually turn in for you? Were you happy with the chicken?
2: Oh, we're we're happy with the chicken. I mean, we we knew everything was consistent, but what the biggest variable was is I've only competed in North Carolina a couple times, so I didn't know how the flavor profile was going to hold up.
0: Uh, eighth place there, a fourth place in ribs. And you get the fourth pork and eighth in brisket. So you know, a couple ace, couple fours, all top ten calls. It's got to be good in a competition when you're hearing your name called each and every category.
2: Oh, yeah, we were very thrilled with that. But, you know, it's one of those competitions where they held the first-place finishers back again.
4: Oh, so it geez. was a,
2: a big wild card as to, as to if we're going to be able to pull it out or not.
0: Is that like something that happens from contest to contest where they decide if they're going to string you out like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's they, they don't mention it ahead of time. They just mention it during the awards, and it's happened to us at least five or six times this season. Uh, sometimes it's been in our favor and sometimes it hasn't um but we never like it
0: <laughs> Dan Hickson from 3 eyes barbecue joining me here on the show uh, the website 3eyesbbq.com that's uh, the numeral 3 e y z bbq.com uh, you can find them at 3eyesbbq on the twitter if you're doing that type of thing uh, you know Dan as you're hearing everything go out and then of course you're telling me that they're holding first place finishes as you're waiting to hear kind of the, those overalls and the first place you know where's the mindset at for you guys
2: uh, the mindset was, I mean, we, we thought we had a chance, uh, but when I heard two old men in the grill get a first place call, uh, I didn't think that we were going to hold up. So at, at that point, I was hoping to, um, you know, I was happy to just get the reserve because I honestly thought we got third.
0: Is it pretty safe to say? Well, let me let's quickly go over where you're standing at. I mean, your first overall team of the year, chicken, your fourth uh, for team of the year, your second in ribs, your fourth in pork. Uh, you're 16th in brisket, so I guess if if we're talking about an Achilles heel, uh, when you're compared to the other three, you're a little down from there. Is, is there something that uh, you're not finding right with the brisket, or is it just happen to be the category that's getting you this year?
2: Uh, something's got to be lower, and this year just <laughs> happens to be brisket. Um, I'm sure it'll come around again. Uh, everything seems to go in cycles. Our ribs dropped off the map for a little bit, and now the ribs are back. So, you know, everything goes in cycles, and we just try and tweak uh, what we need to.
0: Now, you would mentioned you get down to North Carolina or, I guess, those those southern states. Do you find that there is some type of, I don't want to say drastic, but noticeable flavor profile that the judges are looking for that you're typically not dealing with?
2: You know, it's hard to say because if judges were static and if they didn't move around, then I would say, yes, there's definitely flavor profiles. But the fact that judges travel um, kind of mixes that up. So we use the same flavor profile. Uh, We use our rub in the same sauces, and this year it's been very well for us uh, all the way out from uh, Kansas to Maine down to North Carolina. So we're hoping that that works in Georgia as well.
0: Now, it's pretty safe to say that the overall level of cook has probably gone way up over the past few years. Is that a a fair assessment, Dan? Uh, You mean just across the board? Yeah, across the board.
2: Yeah, I mean, ever since the classes came out, uh, I think people are, are really learning what they can, and going out there and taking classes, I've, I've taken classes as well, and I think that's going to do you know wonders to improving everybody's barbecue. So, yeah, the level of competition has definitely gone up, and consistency across the board has gone up.
0: So you had you know basically your 692. Typically, you know, as I was kind of going through and looking at some of the scores, you know, just in the last couple months, almost. 85%, 90% of the time, good enough to win a grand. Uh, but we're seeing you know, high 690s, as you've seen, uh, even into the 700s more than a handful of times this year. I mean, just overall, it's not just like show up and win anymore. I mean, it is really tough out there.
2: No, yeah, there's no show up and win anymore. I mean, you just do your best, and you put your best product out there, and you just kind of have to hope. I mean, it's my feeling that it's up to the cook to get in uh, the top 10. I, I always say that. But after that, I mean, you're hoping to hit the right tables. And the difference between a first and a, and a fourth place finish is very small.
0: Dan Hickson joining me here on the show. You know, beginning of last month was the American Royal. Going into the event, I don't think it's probably a reach for me to say that Three Eyes was probably one of those prohibitive favorites, given the success you had been having, pretty much for the duration of the season. You know, after roughly four weeks away from it now, in the invitational portion. 27th overall. How did you? How did you feel about that? A little disappointed. Did you expect a higher finish, or that's where it just shook out?
2: No, that's the first time we competed at the Royal as a team. So you know, we were um, we were soaking it in. We were enjoying it. I mean, we're taking it seriously, but I don't think that we had any expectations going. We wanted to experience it, and we wanted to wait until um, we were you know in a good direction as a team, and we felt it was the right time. I think it's a very respectable finish.
0: Is there a point, Dan, where when it's going so well that the group is getting collectively together and, I mean, obviously you want to go to a competition and win. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be going unless you just have a bunch of money to throw around, and who does? (laughs) But when you get on a roll and you collect the wins like you've been having and you're very consistent, very successful, are there competitions where you're going in and going, we're going to win this one?
2: Well, you always hope to win it. But, no, we never expect to win a competition. Um, We never look and evaluate the field ahead of time. I mean, right now we feel like we're competing against ourselves. You know, we want to put our best product forward, and we're spending time worrying about what we're doing and uh, just let everything sort out at the judges' table.
0: Now, when you turned around and you cooked the open portion, 39th overall, uh, a completely different monster of a contest, you were you were happy with the invitation overall, as you said, but you know, do, do you exact any type of uh, even a bigger redemption or you know a self-team accomplishment when you're competing more than 500 teams on a on a given day?
2: No, I mean you know whether we're competing against 20 teams or we're competing against 550. I mean we're going to put the same level of effort forward, and um, you know again it, it's up to the judges at that point. Now I'm not a mathematician either, but I'm pretty sure if you looked at the finish on the Open versus the Invitational, um, you know that's a better ranking for us. So we were happy with that as well, and we had some success with the uh, auxiliary categories as well. So that took some of the some of the sting about only getting one call.
0: Dan Hickson joining me here on the show. All right, Dan, so we're going to talk about it. You're in the driver's seat right now for Team of the Year. Uh, not sure if you're aware of this or not, but I did talk. Well, you're not aware that I talked to Scott Nelson this morning, but I don't know if you're aware that Pigskin Barbecue is pretty much out of the points race for the rest of the way. Uh, they're not going to be chasing any other uh, points-related competitions. Does that make you feel any better at all?
2: No, not no. at all, because I just <laughs> believe it when I see it. And there's other people behind him that I know are gunning for us as well. So um, it doesn't take... Any pressure
0: off? So you dovetail well, nicely. The thought. Yes, well, you dovetail nicely into my next question, which is why you know you've been on the show a number of times. or are almost like uh, you know hand in glove. You know, <laughs> the current team of the year is making a tremendous run at you guys right now. Munching hogs at the Hilton. Um, he was at Hog Happening cooking against you guys this past weekend. Uh, really made quite a bid pretty late in the season. Uh, he's going to be in Georgia to the next few weekends and trying to grab up some points there as well. You know, I talked with Rob a little earlier today, and he's feeling very confident about some things that he said he learned in regard to flavor profiles there in the South that he's going to be executing from here on out the next couple weeks. You know, because you guys are cooking so well, so consistently, you know, are you not concerned at all with the late run, or do you do a little shoulder peeking at this point?
2: No, no. I'm, I mean, I'm not concerned at all. Like I said, we're going to do the same thing we did earlier in the season, mid-season, and late-season. Uh, we're giving it everything we got. Uh, we've got a, a pretty deep team. We're well-rested. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it. And honestly, I think we do better when we have competition. So um, I'm happy to hear that.
0: All right, so let's play hypothetical just for a second. And when I go hypothetical, it's always in the worst way. If for whatever reason, Team of the Year doesn't happen for you guys, Will there be some kind of, of sourness or, or bitterness to some degree uh, on an otherwise outstanding year for Three Eyes Barbecue? Oh, no. No, no
2: there, there is no losing at this point. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but, I mean, this season has been epic. I mean, we've rattled off this run since since June. I mean, it's, it's yeah. it hasn't even been a full year, really. Um, so we're happy. Um, I'll congratulate anyone that overtakes us. I mean, that, that's a hell of a run by them, too. Um, you know, so, certainly no bitterness, but it certainly would drive us um, even more if that's possible next year.
0: Dan Hickson joining me here on the show. ThreeEyesBBQ.com, the website, and again, uh, at ThreeEyesBBQ on the Twitter if you follow there. Uh, tell me, Dan, as we switch gears a little bit about, and you'd mentioned cooking schools and competition schools, Super Q School.
2: <laughs> yep. What so, is, um,
0: what's going I on there? I took
2: Rub's class last year. And uh, Rub's a good guy, and he's had a lot of success. And we've been looking at getting into um, having our own class for quite some time, and I figured it'd be a, a great way to um, get us into the swing of things with competition classes to uh, pair up with someone that's already successful in, uh, in Rub. So we're going to do a joint effort in March uh, 8th and 9th over in Winter Haven, Florida. And uh, we just started advertising this past week.
0: All right, so, uh, again, uh, dates, costs, what can one expect if they're going to be signing up for a a combined Super Q school with the Three Eyes and the Swamp Boys?
2: Well, it's a Friday-Saturday class. Um, We're going through um, all techniques. um, We're still getting the start time worked out, probably 12 on Friday through um, 2 or 3 on Saturday. We run through all the KCBS categories, uh, prep, injections, uh, sauces, um, more of a techniques based class than the pure recipes. We're going to give uh, several different recipes and flavor profiles that work in the circuit uh, from our combined experience. What we're also doing though is adding a twist on that, is, uh, we want to have, we're, we've invited several master judges for both um, FBA and KCBS, and we're going to get some of their feedback both on our boxes, Three Eyes boxes, and uh, Swamp Boys boxes. So we get feedback, the students will get feedback as they would at the judges' table, which they don't normally see. So I think there's lots to be learned uh, in the class.
0: Did you uh, did you spit out a cost of class there, Dan? I'm, I apologize.
2: I'm sorry, it would be $750.
0: Right. $750, and then uh, is there like a spousal discount or something like that? Because a lot of these guys want to bring their wives instead of uh, using it as a weekend retreat.
2: Yes, in fact, I was originally against that, and uh, Rob talked me into it. So I'm happy to announce that there is a spousal discount um, for documented real spouses, not teammates, <laughs> unless they're both, <laughs> and that'll be um, half price for the spouse.
0: All right, half price for the spouse. Uh, and again, uh, more focusing on techniques versus you know just giving out all the recipes again.
2: Yeah, because I'm against just giving out the recipes. There's there's a process that goes into this. I mean, there's it's not just your smoker. It's not just your seasoning. It's what you bring to the table, what cookers you use, what temperature you want to cook at. It all goes together into creating a flavor profile and combination that works for you. So it's more individualized than just saying, here's a recipe, and if you do the same thing, you'll do good, because I, I don't believe in that.
0: So to play devil's advocate just for a second, isn't the majority of classes out there pretty much exactly what you're you're kind of steering away from? You're paying five hundred bucks or seven hundred fifty bucks because those people want exactly your recipe, and they want to go out next weekend and try and duplicate exactly what you told them. Now, look, I, you know, I've talked to fifty billion pitmasters that say, "I'll tell you everything that I do, but it's up to you to go out and execute it each and every weekend." And that's where the biggest disconnect is between a team like you and a team like mine if I took your class. you know, I couldn't just probably go out there and win the next weekend. But they think they're that much more of a leg up on a number of the other teams that didn't take the class. So do you perceive any type of less enrollment because there aren't going to be those recipes that people might be seeking from you guys?
2: I don't think so. I hope people look at it as a, uh, a different viewpoint. I mean, there's things that I want to teach that I haven't seen at other classes that I've attended and that's the thought process behind what goes into the recipes, the thought process behind what exactly you're doing. I've seen people come out of classes and duplicate recipes and win. I have seen that. And then I've seen those same teams drop off because they're not adapting they're not changing um, with what works and taking a look at their box critically and figuring out what they need to do different next time. I mean, that's the thought process I want to go through in the class and less focus on the actual recipe itself because I don't think it's that important. Dan Hickson I'm joining. Sure, go ahead. I'm sure the team that's first place and the team that's tenth place have you know equally successful you know cooking recipes.
0: Dan Hickson joining me here on the show. Uh, is there a website for people to go to to take a look at that and sign up for it?
2: Uh, I don't have it memorized. It's on Swamp Boys' site right now. It'll be up online shortly uh, this week. Um, and the link has been on Facebook if you're friends with either one of us.
0: All right, Uh, and I think that's like swampboys.com, and you could probably find the link from there. Uh, Dan Hickson talking to me here on the show. Uh, All right, Dan, so having a huge competition year, does that correlate into one of the record-breaking rub-selling seasons of all time too, or is that pretty much steady, Eddie?
2: No, it has been increasing more and more and more. You know, I I order it in fresh batches because I want it to be fresh when people order it, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at larger and larger pallet loads as we go through the months. So I'm expecting to be hit hard even even more come spring, but yeah, it's been amazing.
0: All right, so finishing out the rest of 2012 competition-wise, uh, what do you guys uh, and the team have laid out?
2: Uh, so far, we have um, we have Lake Lanier or Gainesville, Georgia coming up. We have uh, after that Cummings, Georgia, mm-hmm. and then uh, King of the Smokers, which is a competitor series event out in uh, La Quinta, California. Yep, with uh, Big Papa Smokers. And if we need to add, we will certainly add. But I've not seen uh, any large competitions left this year, so I don't know that there'll be any more to add.
0: Dan, I got a couple minutes left here. Let me get your take on that. Since you're going to be taking part in the King of the Smokers, you know there were two that really jump off. one took place, which was like the Bare Bones Barbecue Festival out in Oakland, California, you know, a month or so ago. And then you have King of the Smokers, where you're basically, you know. Re- I guess reverting back to what a lot of people would consider to be more of a, a traditional style of competition barbecue, no pit master, no uh, gurus, no pellet cookers, people getting the same meat, um, in some instances the same cooker to cook on. Do you think this is something that it's kind of like a fad and it's just fun to do, or do you think this is something that actually might get legs and you'll see more and more of next year year after that?
2: I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to fall off people's radar. Um, and I don't know that it's more... I, I guess it's more traditional without the electronics, but I don't really see I don't really see that being a crutch I mean it's a tool to get some more sleep at a competition and a little more consistent but it's not necessary. Uh, we've already done a competition earlier this year uh, the go naked barbecue battle uh, clothes were worn um, over in Greencastville Pennsylvania <laughs> and we ended up winning that one without gurus. so um, you know we're comfortable cooking with or without them uh, but it is interesting to have the same meat. I don't know that other than pitmasters, I've run into that. So um, I do like that. We'll see how that works out.
0: Do you think that a lot of teams do get, uh, you know, some type of a competitive advantage because they are using, you know, a certain purveyor's meat and they're just accustomed to that? And then showing up to an event like this, it really does kind of even everybody out because not everybody's going to have uh, familiarity with Sam's Club chicken or you know this kind of brisket or that kind of ribs or pork butt.
2: Yeah, I could see it evening out the field a little bit. Um, especially teams that just use, you know, one, one type of chicken or one type of brisket, uh, and they get it from the same place every time. Uh, but those teams that have to scrounge for meat sometimes and um, actually shop for it, you know, I don't know that there would be uh, as much of a disadvantage for them.
0: Dan Hickson is uh, one of the pitmasters on Three Eyes Barbecue, the currently ranked first overall for Team of the Year, and look to close it out here over the next few months Dan, always appreciate the time you give to the show and continued success to you.
2: All right. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate
0: it. You got it. There he is, Dan Hickson, Three Eyes Barbecue, answering all of the tough questions, as, of course, I know he would. I mean, this could be one of the most uh, prolific seasons uh, that uh, any team has had in, le- in recent memory, at least. But, man, how long ago was it when uh, Mike Davis won like 758 reserve and, and grand champions? Was that like 04 or whatever? And that was a, a memorable season. Well, this one uh, just as on par. Uh, and they are having a-, a very good year, but more importantly, consistent. Consistency is the key, right? Nobody uh, more consistent. By the way, uh, Dan, I forgot to tell you, but bit of around the phone. I got the Three Eyes barbecue shirt on right there. There he is. Three Eyes. A little uh, extra karma for you coming weeks. Uh, so thanks again to Dan Hickson. Or gang, look, let's be honest with each other here. It's almost mid-November. You know what next month is, right? Holiday season. Let's get on it early. Okay. Let me help you with your gift buying, some suggestions for you, keep you out of the doghouse this year. First and foremost, you know who we're going to talk about, Stephen DeFranco, right here in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. Jewel of the Barbecue Stars, StephenDeFranco.com. Maybe this is the year that you're going to get engaged, that you are going to get your wife a surprise anniversary band or a surprise piece of jewelry or watch, Or whatever the case may be, this is the guy you want to deal with. You know, We're always wondering how we can get special deals, especially on jewelry. You always want to know somebody. This is the guy that you want to know. I know him. He sponsors the show. He's looking basically to just hook you up with jewelry and watches and other cool fine stuff. uh, Wood, artisan bowls, you name it. stephendefranco.com is the website. You go there first and you look. Then you find something. Then you call. 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve if he doesn't answer the phone. And say, hey, Steve, my name is X. I'm a fan of the show. I listen to it all the time. I hear Rempy do commercials for you, live reads, and I'm ready to take advantage of these savings. And then he's going to hook you up with whatever it is you tell him. He's going to make great suggestions. Maybe there's going to be something that you're getting that has the option of customizing." You don't even have to be in the store. He's done it for uh, top men in the industry right now. Uh, John Marcus, just to name a few. Me as well. And I'm not even a top man in the industry. He's going to lead you right through the process. He's going to ship it to you for free. And he's going to give you a huge discount on top of it. So, again, go to the website, find what you like, StephenDefranco.com. Then you call him 440 943 2700. Ask for Steve specifically. He is the owner. So, you're not dealing with some schlep. Tell him who you are. Tell him you're a fan of the show. Watch the dollars fall off. Watch the happiness with the gift person you give it to. Happiness. All right, thanks again to uh, Dan Hickson for joining me in the segment, and we're going to dial up Derek Riches in just a few. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new shot, big, suburban, let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox for my outlaws. Three shots. We can race him before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drink S.O.B. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. All
4: right, me. we are
0: back. 37 past. I I'm now Greg low. at thebbqcentralshow.com. Oh, yeah. can start video. What? Oh, got the common vote that
3: I'm going insane. True think I'm lying Eric. Hey, Greg.
0: Hey, hear me? Uh, Yeah, I can hear you, but I've made a tremendous error.
1: Uh oh.
0: Let me. uh, Can I call you right back? Sure. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Options. Video. Oh man. Well, I figured that would happen. Remember, you got to close Skype and then make sure you got the right camera working. All right, so we'll just fire it back up. Uh, Lots of uh, good things to react to in regards to uh, Dan Hickson's interview. One, very confident, obviously. And, you know, when you are in a position uh, that. uh, Well, why isn't this going to show up now? This is a shame. Where is my camera at? Do I need to uh, make it work with Skype? Enable Skype interaction? Apply? Okay. Oh, crap. All right. It's just going to have to be audio with Derek tonight. Which is fine. Derek does well uh, equally on uh, video and audio. Except I don't have a picture of Derek to show up, so it's just going to be me. I'm not hitting the monitor this time, I swear to God. Last time I did that, I paid for it in more ways than one. Uh, Derek will be here. Uh, Derek, how are you, buddy? Good, how you doing? All right, uh, no video tonight because obviously I've uh, done something wrong with a driver and my show camera isn't showing up for you. But that's all right. These things
1: have no, no problem.
0: All right. Uh, Derek Rich is joining me here on the show. He uh, has one of the coolest jobs ever at uh, bbq.about.com, where he gets to play with a bunch of uh, cool barbecue and grilling equipment, gets to uh, preview stuff that's coming out on the market. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, Derek, you were at the Jack Daniels uh, World Barbecue Invitational Cookoff in Lynchburg, Tennessee. And, you know, it's unique for me to obviously talk – to the pitmasters that take part in that, although that didn't happen last week because of the hurricane and my power outage. But to have someone like yourself who isn't necessarily out there, you know, cooking for the event to win, but you're able to peruse the grounds and kind of get a different perspective. So first question here is this. You know, we talk a lot about on this show, would you rather win an American Royal opener or Invitational? Would you rather win the Jack? You talk to a lot of barbecue people, a lot of pitmasters during the course of any given year, Derek. Do you have a percentage of people that you have talked to that say they would rather win, you know, an American Royal version a championship or a, a Jack Daniel's championship and where do you see that percentage falling?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, because to me, you know, the Royal and the Jack are are kind of very different um, events. I I would probably say that the people I talked to would probably rather win the Royal, but you know the Jack is kind of a, a more intimate competition, and I think it's it's it, it's kind of a fun event to go to, particularly if it's warm, which it really wasn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think most people would rather win the Royal, but uh, I think rather, they'd like to get that invitation to the Jack.
0: Is it a Royal Open win or is it a Royal Invitational win that they would rather have? Do you think?
1: Um, well, I think it's the be Invitational because it's kind of it, you know. It, It's more prestigious. I mean, that's the thing about the the Royal Invitational and and the Jack is, I mean, you have to be invited to be there. You've already got to, uh, you know, be in that position uh, just to get there.
0: Derek Rich is joining me here on the show. So when you go to an American Royal, I'm sorry, when you go to a Jack Daniels, uh, you know, and, and this, you know, it's a, to me, it's a very odd contest because you know there's the drawing process I and mean, obviously you have to win uh, you, if you win seven in a row between a certain period of time you automatically get in if you won it the previous year you automatically in if you win it fifty, if if you've been 50 times like an IQ barbecue team you just get to show up uh, you know without anything anymore but then there's this whole weird mystical drawing process where if you've won it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to take part so there's always that criticism of great teams have been left off or didn't get the opportunity to get in, which I guess leads to some of that mysticism and, and romance that the Jack has that some of these others don't. Uh, that being said, you know, as you're down there in Lynchburg, what are you taking in from a a journalist and as a tourist, I guess, uh, to a certain degree, how are you experiencing this event and, and what do you think makes it so special?
1: Um, well, I don't know. I mean, my experience there, you know, uh, is kind of, probably unique in the fact that you know i'm there kind of as a guest of jack daniels and so um uh you know there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on uh and you know they want to make sure you have a good time and you get to see everything and they get to tell you all about jack daniels and things like that so i actually you know i had to kind of break away to go out to you know to where the teams were and to to get some time actually out there um you know, so there's kind of like there's the Jack Daniels event, there's the parties that go on there, and then there's the competition. And it's kind of interesting how how segregated it can kind of become. Um, you know, the teams are there very seriously. They're down there. They're they're doing their thing, and they kind of, you know, stay out of the parties a little bit. Um, so you know, um, like Friday night, they have a the the big uh, party up on the hill, and you, you know, you go up there. And all the teams are leaving pretty early because they want to get back real quick. So it, it, it's kind of an unusual event, I think, in that regard.
0: There's a lot of international presence there as well. Do those teams kind of have a deer in the headlights look, if you will, when it actually comes down to competition time, or do they seem to be more or less in, in an element of comfort?
1: Yeah, that's really that really tells. I, I uh, you know I was watching the. Um, uh, I think it was the, the the Danish national team, and you know they're very well organized, and they've got a ton of equipment, and and they're very serious about it. And then I was talking with uh, um, a guy from Norway, was there with kind of the European All Stars, and it was kind of like, well, we're we're here, and 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 that's in and of itself, you know, a good thing, and not really expecting to do well. So um, I think it kind of runs the gambit from just getting to the Jack to, you know, really actually trying to, to make some progress.
0: You know, there was a lot of talk earlier in the year, and I think towards the end of last year, uh, by a guy by the name of Toby Shea who runs uh, the British Barbecue Society, and, and he was calling, and look, you, you made probably the most valid point ever just a couple of minutes ago saying this is a Jack Daniels-run event or Foreman Brown, whatever you want to call it. But taking that aside, you know, he was looking to get more of a uh, a similar competition thing for the for the Europeans to have to kind of qualify through to go to the Jack. Uh, in any regard or in any fashion, would you like to see something like that where the, the Europeans had to at least attempt to kind of run a gauntlet that the American teams are doing? Because, I mean, it's obviously uh, night and day for what the Americans have to do to get in and what an international team has to do to get in.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that as more more teams kind of develop in Europe, will probably go that direction. But both KCBS and Jack Daniels really want this to be an international event. Um, I was talking with someone from KCBS, and, you know, they're talking about setting up competitions in South Africa and a number of other places, and they just want to get that involvement to be able to get these teams to kind of come here for this event um, just to just to internationalize and to export export uh, barbecue around the world, and if they are successful, then I think you know we will start seeing you know European championships, and um, I'd like to volunteer to judge that right now if they'll find me over.
0: Yeah, you and me both. Uh, do you think it makes sense for KCBS to look to go? a lot more international than, you know, I mean, obviously, I think they have some uh, that are existing out there now, but to to really make a a broad push to get into a bunch of different countries and and get this barbecue thing out there, do you think that has legs and could be successful?
1: You know, if you talk to anybody in the barbecue business and gas grill manufacturers, barbecue sauces, anything like that, what they look at is um, international. They look at, you know, the global market potential outside of the United States because, you know, this is mature in the U.S. There's it, it, It's a big business here, and by being able to, to reach these foreign markets, I think that basically that's kind of where all the growth is really going to come from.
0: Derek Rich is joining me here on the show. bbq.about.com is uh, the place you want to go on the Internet to check him out, see all the reviews that he does. Uh, this weekend, Derek, Kingsford Invitational. Uh, you're going to be down there for that, I imagine. Uh, yeah. Man, how lucky for you you're going to get to meet me. I'm sure the stars are in your eyes, right? Yeah, it's like the highlight of my whole year. Oh, I can only imagine. And mine, too, meeting you finally. Um, this is kind of, you know, inaugural event. Kingsford huge in the support of barbecue, which personally I appreciate and adore more than anybody else on the face of the earth. That Kingsford has decided to really kind of jump on board and support it as they have the last couple of years. And I'm a big fan of their products, as I know you are, too. Um, what are you expecting out of this uh, being a first time event, but having a, a Clorox and a Kingsford behind it? Um,
1: you know this this gets to be interesting uh, in, in in that idea that now you have a you know a barbecue related company trying to to create their own competition space. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes and how much attention it draws. Of course, you know, what is it, a uh, $50,000 winner-take-all yeah. prize? I think that we'll they be able to get plenty of interest in the future.
0: Is, is one of the low lights of this coming weekend the possibility of actually seeing Clint Cantwell live and in person? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> one of the things I'm not looking forward to. Is this, is uh, you know actually guy?
1: that's funny because clint was at the jack and then he was at a weber event so uh that i was at so uh this has been a month of clint catwell
0: wow well one of us is very lucky and one of us is Derek riches uh <laughs> who is from thebbq.about.com, bbq.about.com by the way all right so uh, we're looking forward to this coming weekend um before i let you go derrick is, is there anything that you have been kind of playing around with or gotten a chance to review that you would like to tell us about here before i cut you loose
1: uh, you know, uh, really the, the newest stuff I've seen was uh, the 2013 product line from Weber. Um, I think that they've got this uh, Smokey Joe Jumbo, which is basically an 18-and-a-half-inch kettle that's portable. And I think that that's going to be kind of a, um, a, a good product. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a great tailgating product. Isn't, going that, forward.
0: isn't that also known as the uh, Weber Kettle Silver?
1: Uh, no, because this doesn't stand at full height. It is like oh. a Smokey Joe. It's got short little legs on it, and the lid locks in place. And so it is a fully portable grabble with one hand and run off with it. But it's just as big as the uh, Kettle Silver, the 18 and a half inch
0: Is it just as pricey as well? And, you know, I use that in relative terms. I mean, anything Weber Kettle is not overly pricey unless, I guess, you're looking at a performer, and, you know, that's a little bit different monster. But price point-wise, does it seem to be pretty reasonable?
1: Uh, I think it's coming in around sixty bucks. I've oh, seen wow. it cheaper, so that's you know it's not cheap, but you know for portable charcoal, it's not a bad price.
0: Oh, and for a Weber, I mean, I think it's going to be around forever. I think we all know that you know the most successful selling grill in the world has been uh, the Weber kettle. So uh, for sixty bucks for the portability, obviously tailgating is uh, well underway at this point, especially in college and in pro sports. So I think that's probably going to be a definite. Good product for them. Anything else that kind of sparked your interest in their product line? Are they doing like a whole uh, body revamp on some of these things? Uh,
1: they're relaunching the Spirit Gas Grill line. Oh. Um, really, not a whole lot interesting there. Basically, I think it's like five gas grills, pretty basic. Uh, it's coming out of their China factory, um, low price, you know, lower price end uh, gas grills. And they're going to have three of the performers this year. Um with varying price points, I think it runs about 200 to 350 bucks. Not a lot of innovation there either. They touted one of the features as a little um, as a timer that goes that locks into place on the performer grill, but it's a 99 minute egg timer, and they're calling that a feature. So I think that's kind of a miss there.
0: Uh, egg timers? Uh, yes, that's probably a miss. Uh, Derek Riches, you can find him again, bbq.about.com, and I will find him this weekend at uh, St. Louis. Uh, Derek, look forward to seeing you, and I always appreciate the time you make for the show.
1: Yeah, you got to buy me a drink on uh, Thursday night. And I
0: will buy you two. All right. All right, Derek. There he is. We'll see you Thursday night, Derek Riches. bbq.about.com. Who's in for a $60 uh, Weber Smoky Big Joe? I'm in for that. Okay. Doc. Hey, Ray Lampy's in the house, everybody. Legend. You going to be in St. Louis? Ray, you going to to St. Louis, Ray? Drinks on me if you're there. Folks, we uh, we talked about it briefly with Dan Hickson. That being the barbecue guru. Makers of automatic temperature control technology, second to none. They created this technology. Why would you look anywhere else if you're looking for automatic temperature controls? Don't do it. Don't bother wasting your time. Just go right to thebbqguru.com and point right from there. Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these... This is an invisible pen. Oh, yeah, nice. Maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. In simplicate form. It's a device that attaches to your cooker. You're going to set a temperature you want it to keep it at in the pit. And then through a series of microprocessors and fans, it will magically keep your set pit temperature. Now you can go to work. Now you can run around with kids. You can do shopping. You do not have to be slaved to 10-pit temperature to whatever kind of a cooker you have. It can be a stick burner. It can be a pellet cooker. It can be electric. It can be charcoal-driven. Those are most popular, of course. But you just basically set that temperature, and you're off and running now five different ones to choose from at this point uh, they can match your checkbook budget they can match your level of geekdom they have a cyber wi-fi that if you have access to wi-fi connections you jump on you have a smartphone you have a tablet you have a netbook you have a laptop some type of smart device that has internet access you can jump through that internet right into the cyber q wi-fi unit and you can see what your meat is at temperature wise internal you can see where your pit temperature is at internal You can make pit temperature adjustments. You can make, I mean, you want to slow that cooking process down. Maybe you want to speed it up, whatever the case may be. This is the place to go. Stop looking anywhere else. These other people are just pretending. You need to head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out all the products. If you have any questions, give them a call, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU. Or visit them on the website, thebbqguru.com. Longest running sponsor of the show that I appreciate and adore more than anybody else. All right, we'll come back, wrap up the first hour of the show, and then we'll point to the second hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
3: on cooking brisket and ribs and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue it's the Barbecue Central Show
5: who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far I never asked for this I never asked for this fast living the women, the whiskey, craziness there's whiskey in my soul
3: That open highway Fear in the air Cause I do things my way The next town's where I, I call home Yeah, yeah
0: uh, i my so chance to, go to, to see those guys live in concert here in, in C-Town Moonshine Bandits Born with
3: that
0: uh, Ray will not be in St. Louis this weekend oh. Going to Iowa. Iowa. What's in Iowa? All they have are some of the hottest competition barbecue cooking teams on the face of the earth. Why would anybody want to go out there? Beyond me. Beyond me. Here. Invisible pen. Uh, here's the question of the night. Uh, didn't know I was going to run a contest until just now. I was just trading an email with uh, Patio Dadio BBQ. BBQ.com. And uh, within a body of a letter he wrote uh, don't forget something about uh, closing and sales and uh, ABC always be closed now to me that resonates a specific movie so I said hey don't even ask me what my name is that's my favorite movie then he wrote back he has no idea what I'm actually talking about so does anybody know does anybody know what movie ABC always be closing always be closing came from first one in instant chat or email that can give me the name of that movie, I have a special prize for you. A hot prize. It's a hot one. Uh, thanks to Derek Riches for coming on last segment. I'm in for a $60 Weber Smoky Big Joe. Oh, God. Clint, I win your prize. Well, uh, ooh, Wow, look at that. George, uh, Greg Urban knew it, Steve knew it, but Clint was first. So, Clint, I will uh, fly your gift in when I see you this weekend. Uh, No. It's not a back rub.
3: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: It's not a baby back rub in St. Louis. Woohoo! Yikes. It's getting out of hand here, folks. I will bring it. I'm excited to see uh, Chris Grove as well this coming weekend. Yep. I'm excited to see Meathead this coming weekend. I'm excited to see uh, Robin Lindars this coming weekend. John Dawson this coming weekend. Oh, it's a veritable who's who. Somehow I got invited. Whatever. They'll regret that. All right. So. Uh, Lynn, email me uh, that I need to bring your prize. So I'll go ahead and stick that in the knapsack, as it were. Thanks again to uh, Dan Hickson from Three Eyes, joining me at the 914 spot, and then Derek Rich at 935. And we're going to come back with second takes at the top of the hour. And then we have uh, Mike McLeod from MMA Creative. We're going to be recapping the World Food Championships. Some accounts, good. Some accounts, Eh. Eh. We'll get it right from the horse's mouth, see what he thought. Things he could do better, things he thought went better than expected, whatever. We'll go from there. Uh, Clint, the invisible pen probably isn't going to look the same in person, if you know what I mean. You have no idea what I mean. Here's the invisible pen. Here's the invisible pen when it's not the invisible pen. A little studio magic right there. All right, uh, we'll step away, reload for the second hour. You stand by, 877 448 at Greg, at the BBQ You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
1: I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report Radio Show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central Show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah,
0: rub that meat.
3: From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show.
1: Wait, wait. We cook because we have to, and we grill because
5: we want to. Man, you, know?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: you have a great show of a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man what, looks like he's dead and he's well. in the
2: in the crackle. The wow. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude.
4: Succulent
2: fish. What?
4: He ate 50 for Wiener.
0: I'm going shake I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
2: I just like being anywhere with junior, senior, and diva. <laughs> <laughs> I a, a movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep
1: it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top
0: All right, we are back into the second hour. Get it done. 877-448-0433. Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. Uh, John Dawson weighing in. Gifts for Clinton. Is it a rim job?
3: Uh,
0: rib job, he means. Uh, no. <laughs> no, neither of those weirdo what are they doing out there in Idaho rim jobs um, survey Tuesday questions uh, would you rather win the American Royal the American Royal Invitational uh, I'm sorry the American Royal Open Invitational the Jack or the World Food Championships for me it's the invitation. it's for me funny, Clint. That's funny. Uh, question number two. How's everyone a week after the hurricane? How's my, East Coast, uh, how's my uh, East Coast boys? Check in. How's my East Coasters? Power's back on here in Cleveland. Obviously, the show's back on. This is a live show. It's October 6th. Evidently, we're electing presidents and other elected officials today. It's too close to call with your uh, presidential update. Too close to call. Get
3: that weird stuff out of here.
0: Obama projected to possibly win Florida, and that could put him over the top. That's who you want to win. Good. That's who you want to lose. Not good. Get
3: that weird stuff out
0: of here. Question number three: If you could have only one cooker, one cooker, what would it be? For me, for me, if I only had to have one cooker, hmm. I'm going to go with the old standby, my first ever, my love and passion, Weber Smokey Mountain. Because look, in the end, I don't have to rely, you know, I do like that Gorilla pellet cooker a lot. But in the end, I don't want to have to be potentially uh, relegated to electricity. You know, if the power goes out like it did for a week... I still want to be able to cook. There you go. Those are my answers. What are your answers? Ray Lampy? wants a big green egg. Uh, Ray, big surprise. (laughs) One cooker. Chris from IQ. Uh, Okay, that's funny. Did good. Insulated offset. Remember your sponsors, Rempe. Uh, I don't have a Green Mountain Grill, so I can't uh, say that I, I would... I love the fact that they support the show, absolutely. Um, but I haven't actually cooked on one to fall in love with yet, although I would love one. Um, quick note, StoryQ.com, uh, story, Q-U-E, StoryQ.com, uh, from all accounts, the first and only dedicated barbecue magazine in the newsstand, uh, which you would find on your iPad, uh, iOS device. So here's what you do. You go to StoryQ.com, you download the free iPad app if you have one, and inside the app, you can subscribe for a three-month trial for free with the code GET, then the numeral three, and then MONTHS, plural, M-O-N-T-H-S, all one word, GET, the numeral three, MONTHS. Again, uh, this is for iPad only, so if you have one, check it out. It's called the storyq.com. Go there on your iPad itself, get three months, see what it's like. Uh, I believe it's the only barbecue magazine in new, in the newsstand. Of your uh, iOS iPad. Uh, programming note for next week on the show, we will have the winner of the Kingsford Invitational event, obviously. Uh, Meathead is going to be back on. Also slated uh, Reggie Milligan from Mantry. If you're not familiar with Mantry, you'll be introduced to that next week. Try Mantry.com for a preview. There also may or may not be a John Marcus sighting as well. Never know. Maybe Scott Nelson sighting as well. Maybe Scott Nelson, if he wins, Kingsford Invitational, whatever. So um, I've been kind of talking about it around the bush. I'm going to be heading to the Kingsford Invitational event this weekend. Really looking forward to seeing many of the great teams that I have had on the show before. Uh, Probably more than anything else uh, is being able to meet a lot of these teams that I've interviewed uh, over and over and over again. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to meeting them uh, in person, seeing them and just kind of having outside of the show conversations. Uh, and as I had mentioned before, also meeting the likes of Meathead, uh, John Dawson from PatioDaddyOBBQ.com, Robin Lindars from grillgirl.com, Derek Riches, about.com, uh, Chris Grove, Nibble Me This, uh, Clinton as well from Smoking to Eye. So uh, really looking forward to uh, meeting. All of the big wig barbecue people that are going to be out in St. Louis for that Kingsford Invitational Event, Chris Lilly, looking forward to He's He, he told me he was actually looking forward to meeting me. Harry Sue, also looking forward to meeting Harry Sue. You know, a couple weeks ago, we were looking at the grill boat. You guys remember the grill boat? It was like $50,000. And I thought, geez, you know, here's something that really has legs. And then I found something else. Like grilling on your boat with 15 or 20 of your friends wasn't enough. Will Rempy be a Kingsford mark after this weekend? Chad, already there, buddy. Nobody's a bigger fan of Kingsford than me. Nobody. You show me your biggest Kingsford mark, I am way bigger. I'm the new Kingsford mark. Just call me Sir Mark of Kingsford. It's my new royal name. Um. I didn't have like the 50 grand to shell out for the barbecue boat, although it had a nice canopy over the top. What could possibly be better? Riddle me this. What could possibly be better than a barbecue boat? Let me show you. For your consideration, the hot tub boat. How about that? That's right. Here it is, uh, floating away in the hybrid. Hot, well, they call it a hot tug, hot tug, hot tub boat. So here it is. You can see it's probably going to fit at least, well, you know, if if you're not lounging about uh, like these people are. Let me see if I can uh, do a better pull-up here. Uh, Give me the bottom. There you go. If If you see here. You could probably fit like what uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 11, 12 people in this thing, uh, and it does uh, float. Here it is, uh, floating away. You have the little uh, rudder system right there. It's got this uh, rather large chimney off the front, which I can only imagine is the heat generator that allows you to be warm in your hot tug tub, hot tug tub boat. Hot tug, hot tub boat. You can see these two are having a brilliant time together. And obviously, you know, a lot of this is down underneath the water, so it seems to float fairly consistently. So here you can see uh, that it's uh, steaming, as they say, down the canal. And uh, they do have a here. So and this is what it looks like, I guess, uh, conceptually. So, you know, for your comment now, I can scroll up here. It was. It holds 500 gallons of water, and I want to say it was like fifteen thousand dollars or something like that. So you know, in the grand scheme of barbecue boat, uh, hot tug boat, whatever the case may be, at least in my estimation. If I'm choosing between one or the other, and money is an if money's no option, it is grill boat all day long and twice on Sunday. Had a nice eighteen and a half inch grill in there. You could fit ten or eleven of your friends. It did have a trolling motor um, that you could get you five, six, seven miles an hour down the canal. It had that nice canopy umbrella over the top to keep the sun out. Maybe the smoke in. That's kind of a little troublesome. But man, fifty G's. So I think I think the uh, hot tub hot tub boat was like fifteen thousand dollars. So a lot more manageable. I mean, I don't have fifteen large G's to throw around, but I have closer to fifteen than I do to fifty. And you know, you take it out, especially now in the Cleveland area when it's getting to be you know twenty five degrees at night. You know, get that into the old river that catches on fire. Turn on the motor. Turn on the heater a couple of lady friends around and knock back a few cocktails in your hot hot tub boat. Seems like a no-brainer to me. I'm all over. Gang, quickly approaching. I mean, we're coming back with Mike McLeod here in just a moment. But after that, it's going to be Dave Boska from Butcher Barbecue. And Dave and I tonight, aside from talking about his win on the barbecue portion of the World Food Championship, he's going to be Talking. Not only is he going to be talking, he's going to be giving away the name of not one, not two, but three lucky winners of butcher barbecue injections for a year. What? That's right. Not one, not two, but three, no less than three winners for butcher barbecue injections for a year. Imagine a full competition season. Of barbecue injection from Butcher Barbecue taken care of. You can take that expense right off, no problem. We're gonna be doing that in about uh, 25 minutes from now. That ends effectively that competition. We were gonna do it last year, but we kinda got, you know, no power. Also, Dave is doing a very popular program right now. People asking me about it all the time. Uh, Randy, what's with this trade-in program and Butcher Barbecue? Can you give me a little bit more insight in this? Well, of course I can. I'm the guy that's giving you the read. Here's the deal. Maybe you have bought injection from another manufacturer other than Butcher. Commercial. Not something you just concocted up in the, uh, the you know, whatever. In your kitchens. This uh, injection stuff. If it's commercially made, you find your scores have started to tumble or you find that the neighbors are starting to... Uh, incessantly bitch and moan about the lack of quality of your barbecue products. Don't take it to heart. We all make mistakes. Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue is here to help you out. You go to the website, butcherbbq.com. Very top right of his link navigation, there's a thing that's called Trade It. Click that, fill out the form, and then send back whatever remaining competitors' injections that you have, and Dave, in return, will send you back Butcher Barbecue injections, whether it be the pork or the prime injection or the beef injection. You will get whatever you sent him in replacement back from Butcher Barbecue. Now, you send it in with a complete or partial label. Dave will weigh it at the time of arrival. That amount is final per Dave. If you have any questions, you can contact him through the website. Then he'll send you back that same amount. So you sent three pounds back of whatever injection. He'll get you three pounds of uh, the pork or the beef or the prime injection Butcher Barbecue. Time tested by many, many teams. Time tested by many, many sanctioning bodies. And they win all the time with this stuff butcherbbq.com it's a trade-in program still going on plus we're announcing the winners one two three of butcher barbecue injections for a year coming up later in the show you don't want to miss it but mike mccloud is next stick around we'll be right back We are back. 14 past 877 4480433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. I gotta figure out a way to kill that. It's just the way it is. We'll wait. I'll wait. Cool.
5: thank you for calling Oh,
0: crap. Let's go mobile. That's what I meant to let it go mobile. Phone. Uh, again, don't forget uh, Dave Bosca will be uh, showing up in about 25 minutes from now to give away uh, three—not one, not two, but three—year's supplies. Well, three individual year supplies of Butcher Barbecue injections. Uh, for those people uh, who are looking to hear about this World Food Championships. I've brought on somebody that knows intimately exactly what went down this past weekend. He is the president and CEO of MMA Creative. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Always appreciate you making time for the show. And we've stepped into the newsroom here, which you can't see because you're on the phone, but uh, we're looking very professional tonight. Uh, Mike, for the people who aren't, I guess, keen on uh, the uh, what I'll affectionately refer to as the WFC, or the World Food Championship, if you could kind of break down the event itself, what it entailed, that prize money, kind of that general idea of the event.
4: Quite simply, we we tried to create the Super Bowl of Food. Don't quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we decided to mash up seven categories of food competition into one big massive event. We had sandwich, burger, recipe, chef's challenge, barbecue, chili, uh, side dish I'm probably missing one or two my brain is still trying to get back to normal um, But we we pitted we went through a categorical divisional championship in each category and then we pitted them against each other and and you know the only thing that I could call an ultimate food fight we had seven um, celebrity uh, judges who who rendered their opinion on what the best dish of the of the day was. We did all of this over the course of three days. We had almost uh, 300 competitors um, spread across a couple of properties. We used three casinos to do VIP events, to do um, competitions, and then ultimately the final table at Caesars Palace. And we watched uh, Adam Richman MC and host a panel of uh, celebrity judges as they tried to eliminate dish-by-dish dish until they had an ultimate uh, world food champion, and it took about uh, about an hour for them to do that, and it was extremely entertaining. First time it had ever been done that way. We kind of envisioned it being pretty cool and pretty fun, but it it, it exceeded our expectations, and, and uh, at the end of the day, we were just delighted with, with the outcome. All
0: right, so a lot of uh, different follow-up questions that I'll try and get to here during the course of our segment here, Mike, but... You know, as someone who was a very integral part of getting this off the ground and all that stuff, how long does it take you to get this event from concept on paper, sounds like a great idea, to bona fide competition?
4: In serious time, I would say about a year. We started talking to um, casinos in Vegas about, uh, about this time last year, or maybe a little before. And it took us uh, six months, six to eight months to get a, a contract in place before we could announce the actual host, the the Caesars entertainment properties. And then we spent, uh, the rest of the time developing the processes, communicating to the channels, uh, communicating to competitors and judges and volunteers, what was going on. And then logistically trying to figure out a roadmap for basically what we call a a new tire, a, a new wheel. We, we invented a wheel here and, um, it, uh, it was incredibly exhausting, but incredibly invigorating. And um, I'm proud to say that every one of our our associates that were involved with, um, are still standing. They might be <laughs> they might be a little bit horizontal tonight, still trying to recuperate, but we're alive and well, and and we feel like we just pulled off an incredible food feed that um, that now we have a great template for, and we can build on in the years to come. And by the way, you you asked me in the beginning to. To reference prize first, I don't think I did. Um, we we put our company put up a three hundred thousand dollar prize purse uh, to to make sure that each category had a significant prize purse, and then ultimately the uh, final table had a big prize purse that uh, that each one of the seven champions were going after.
0: What what was the uh, the final prize purse take at for the for the winner?
4: I think the champion took home uh, ten thousand dollars in his category, and then at the final table, took home 50 grand. Oh, wow. So... The Champion pocketed about 60 grand, I guess it was, um, through the
0: process. Not a bad weekend's work, absolutely. Uh, Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. com is his website, president and CEO of MMA Creative. You know, one of the things that kind of stands out is, and, and you referenced it there when you were just uh, talking about it in the open, this wasn't just a barbecue event. I mean, let's face it, if you're a fan of the show, if you've heard our interviews before, MMA Creative is a, uh, a branding partner with KCBS, which obviously is known only for barbecue competitions. It was burgers. It was sandwiches and side dishes and chilies and recipes and cooks. Some big personalities there as well. Why branch out like this? Is this something that you really wanted to see would work? Do uh, you want to get more people involved? Why make the branch out of, I, I guess, uh, a comfort zone, if you will?
4: That's a great question. And uh, sometimes we do things just because we don't know better, right? <laughs> yeah, I know um, that. We. In all seriousness, though, we we saw a niche and we saw that there was a, an opportunity to create a, a massive foodie event. Uh, it did not exist. Uh, we have been studying barbecue competitions and chili competitions now for over six, seven, eight years, and um, we felt like we were prepared to do something of this magnitude. And on a personal note, um, as, as I've helped uh, Casey does grow and prosper and do great things through the barbecue network. Um, I just felt like this could possibly be a legacy of mine and uh, for my company. I've been in marketing now for over 20 years, and i, I never have felt as uh, close to, or as significant to, or integrated in as in food as much as I have anything else. And I thought, well, what is it? What's what's the end game? for Mike McLeod or for MMA or for Tribe. And uh, uh, as we as we kind of envisioned this program, this platform, I thought, this is it. This could be our legacy. So I'm hoping to raise um, awareness for competitive food as a sport. Uh, I know how hard the teams work. I know how much the, the judges love it. I know how much consumers dig it. So... I can't think of a better or bigger or broader or more impactful thing to do than to uh establish a long term ongoing year in year out uh food celebration uh, in las vegas and that's that's what we're aiming for
0: all right, so with that answer you've effectively blown all of my questions, mm-hmm. so uh we'll bid this one good night and we're- done. no I'm just kidding um Mike, <laughs> do you think that? This is an event that might see more popularity as we move ahead. Uh, Could this be kind of an evolution of of a barbecue competition? Will you see more and more of these styles of events show up more and more now that it's kind of uh, a template has been, as you said, kind of been molded and and proven out?
3: I think
4: so, and and as we both know, imitation is the best form of flattery, so I expect to be imitated numerous times over the next uh, uh, 12 to 24 months. Um, yes, we, there, there is a direct connection or there can be a direct connection between, uh, what we know as competition food and food entertainment. And that's what we provided this past weekend. We, we did the individual categories the way most competitions are done. You, we came to a chili champion the way most chili competitions are done. We did that through barbecue. We did it, did that through burger sandwich and so on and so forth. We had to create the methodologies for uh, side dish and recipe and chef. But um, uh, we, we, we went through the categories as you would a competition, and then we created the show, which was the final table. Uh, so we, we combined what we know best in competition with what we know best in entertainment, or what we call edutainment. When you're, when you're educating and entertaining people at the same time, on what makes great food great food, so we we found a process and a methodology to do that, and uh, we had a lot of fun uh, in the meantime. I think the, the laughter, the, the applause, the the Phil Donahue effect of Adam Richman walking through our, our crowd, and then asking the judges why they were going to why they were going to kill or eliminate barbecue from the final table instead of burger or sandwich. Uh, it, it was just a it was a magical moment, and I, I think you're going to see to, to your question. I think you're going to see that knocked off, and you're going to see that repeated over and over again. And it may be by us uh, primarily, but I'm sure others are going to try to do it as well.
0: Michael Cloud joining me here on the show, President and CEO of MMA Creative, MMA Creative com is their website. Uh, obviously, you made reference to it. You know, you guys are using this event as a barometer to perhaps introduce more of these events in the future. Let me go crazy hypothetical on you just for a second could you envision mma making a world food championship uh series season so you have almost like poker i guess so you know you you have uh, an event over here in the northeast you have one down in the south you have one in the midwest and on, on on all culminating into a uh, world, as you coined the phrase, Super Bowl of Food back in Las Vegas every year where all of these winners from different regions, kind of like the Sam's Club, I guess, and then coming into Las Vegas to have the ultimate uh, food showdown. Do you, is that a, perhaps a game plan?
4: I wish you'd get out of my, my playbook and quit telling everybody what I'm up to. Yes! <laughs> Two smart people we, exist. Yeah, that's that is, in essence, what we're... About to unfold, we we see a road to the World Food Championships that that involves uh, massive food companies like U.S. Foods uh, or Cisco, uh, combined with uh, numerous casinos throughout the nation, uh, combined with great companies like Southern Wine and Spirits. Uh, this this is going to revolutionize what we what we see or know or understand as competition food the sport of competition food right now, uh, we're going to build it up. We're, we're, we're going to create a system that helps companies, uh, massive food, large food companies, um, develop a game plan. Right right now, the thing that existed in KCBS in the very beginning when we came about uh, as their agency of record was the fact that everything was silo-based. If you did something at the Royal, or you did something at Memphis in May, or you did something at Jack Daniel's World Invitational, it was pretty much a one-off situation. There wasn't a connected strategy. Right. So food companies that are, are huge, like Kraft or Clorox or P&G, you can't get their attention, you can't bring their prize money to the table or their resources to the table from a marketing standpoint and a prize-first standpoint unless you have a national, global strategy. That's the way NASCAR was built. It's the way the World Series of Poker was built. It's the way uh, UFC was built. Um, uh, over and over, you know, have the PBR, uh, et cetera. So, no one's done that in food. And, and that's what we're trying to develop right now. We're trying to put everything in place that makes that happen uh, for, for all of these great competitors and these judges out there who, who follow uh, competitors and follow contests. We're just trying to put a strategic marketing uh, thread, thread through all of it so that more money comes into it, more sponsors come into it, the support gets more accolades, gets more POR and gets more following, gets more fans, and it just ultimately explodes. That's what we're trying to do.
0: Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Mike, two questions for you here. You know, you're just a couple days away, you know, maybe 48 hours uh, from all the weekend's event. And we're going to ask you to look at this kind of two ways, personally, business out of it, just Mike McLeod, man. How do you think this event came off?
4: Like any first-year event, uh, we, we, we got some nicks, we got some bruises, we got some scrapes along the way. Um, we, you can't invent or create uh, a wheel without a lot of uh, scrapes and bruises along the way. We, we know we had some, but at the, at the end of the day, when you, when you saw how, how much money was, was given to, to uh, food competitors, when you saw the shows that we produced, when, um, when you saw the caliber of competition raise notch, and when you saw the world uh, of food media turn its attention to what we were doing, it was a huge success. And that's what we were trying to achieve in year one. Financially, it, it didn't make sense for me to do it. But, you know, if you, if you were going to buy a Quiznos franchise or an Applebee's franchise or a McDonald's franchise, as an investor, you'd have to make a huge investment in the beginning to get it off the ground. And then you'd have to build your building and then you'd have to fund your operations. And then over a period of years, you would earn your money back.
3: Right.
4: So that's the way I looked at it. I was willing to make that investment because I think this is a 5, 10, 20 year uh, platform run that that will make sense, it will turn into a, a fi- financial success over years uh, to come uh, and it will mean a lot to a lot of different people. So uh, We are calling it a success. We, we know that we can learn from uh, the learning curve that we experienced. We, we're not going to say that it was perfect. Uh, if anyone on my staff or anyone around me ever said that, it, that something I did or something we did was perfect, I would, I'd be the first one to step up and say you're wrong. Um, but we, we do know how to learn from um, mistakes here and there, and we know how to improve on it, and that's what we found uh, for 2013.
0: Uh, does the winner of this event automatically qualify to, to go back to 2013
4: or no? Absolutely. They'll be exempted in.
0: It's a great question. All right, exempted in for uh, 2013. Um, Mike, uh, the Kingsford Invitational is coming up this weekend. And uh, you know, as someone who is you know with KCBS, obviously this is a big deal for Kingsford, kind of a you know one of their inaugural uh, invitational events. You know, what are you looking forward to? Uh, what are you expecting out of this weekend for
4: that event? I honestly, Craig, I don't know. I, um, Kingsford has been a great partner to KCBS. Uh, we we work closely with them day in and day out over the last several years as um, as an important partner to barbecue. Um, I, I, I've been I don't know what their objectives are with that particular program. We've been so focused on the World Food Championships that that I couldn't even look away for a for a minute to um to focus on what they were doing. But I, I hope they have success. Uh I I hope that ultimately whatever Kingsford is doing on its own uh, mirrors what we're trying to do for the entire industry and ultimately brings them into what we're doing. I think that's a that makes more strategic sense than companies trying to do stuff on, on their own. Uh, you don't see, um, uh, you don't see Chevrolet doing its own NASCAR series. You know, you don't, you don't see, um, uh, uh certain, you know, Mercury boats doing its own Bass Pro series. Right. So w- I believe what makes long-term sense for, for a company like Kingsford and Clorox is to, is to have a title of a World Food Champion behind its brand, and uh, so we so we hope that they have success, but we also hope that they fold that into our event. Let's talk about Reese's did this weekend. They had a potato, they had a national potato salad championship built into our event. Tyson had a a national uh, a chicken wing contest built into our event. So we expect that through companies and efforts like that, that we'll be able to to be the the um, the end of the season annual Super Bowl event uh, that serves their purposes but serves also the the uh, the industry of competition
0: food. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show recapping the World Food Championships which took place this past weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Mike, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming out today.
4: Thanks a lot, Greg.
0: You got Go it. Ahead. There he is, Mike McLeod. MMAcreative.com is his website. Throw Dave up there. He's going to be next. You know, it's funny because I thought for a fleeting moment that maybe the World Food Championship was like it's going to be this yearly thing. And for most accounts, you know, I heard that the barbecue people might have been, uh, you know, kicked back. You know, on a different lot somewhere. So they didn't get a lot of the foot traffic that, you know, some of these other people got, like the chili people or the side dish people, the burger people, whatever. And I understand that the barbecue people are bringing a lot more stuff into an event that you know, the burger person is. They're bringing a grill and some cheese, and some uh, sassafras. <laughs> you know, barbecue people bring in their cookers. Those are big. But it sounds like overall it was a good event, a lot of good exposure, um, big names. For the industry, food industry, not just barbecue industry. So when I saw all of that kind of culminating, listening to Mike talk, I'm like, it seems to me, if it, if it seems to me, I'm sure everybody else thought, that uh, they might look to spawn this off into its own little competition series, like a Sam's Club, like the World Series of Poker, whatever. The question is, what does KCBS think of that? Are you going to think that MMA Creative is uh, going to be spending too much time on their own? Not uh, growing their brand. Maybe uh, we need to have KCBS back on and see what's going on. All right, folks, uh, for years I have talked to you about Fred Bernardo over at Tay This past weekend they had a huge blowout, Turkey Fest 2012. From all accounts, a raging success yet again. Here's the deal. A lot of people are in areas of the country where they don't have a wide selection of barbecue items to shop for in a traditional store, a Lowe's, a mom-and-pop grill store, whatever. They live out in the country, so they're forced to go online to do some of their shopping, whether it be for apparel, for accessories, for the actual grill or smoker itself. And the Internet can be a scary place, my friends. Maybe you didn't know there's a lot of porno out there. Type in grill. I actually did girl. Who knows what happens? I wouldn't. Get that fear out of your mind right now. You're dealing with reputable people. And not only are they reputable, not only are they very knowledgeable, everything they sell in the store, the best thing is they inventory. It's in stock. Whatever's on the website, it's ready to ship to you. It's right in the warehouse, and it ships you properly, and it's priced fairly. All things... That I look for when I'm looking to endorse a company that sponsors this show. Uh, pe- people come up to me all the time, they want to sponsor the show, but it doesn't fit. They don't smack me as being uh, the right ilk for the show, so I decline. But not Fred. He's been doing it uh, for many years prior to sponsoring this show and partnering with this show. And I'm happy to endorse Fred as somebody that I do business with, that I buy from, and that I uh, refer to. Not just because he's a partner with the show, but look. I don't want to send somebody online because they got a great price and it's going to take 20 weeks to get the stuff because they don't actually have the wherewithal to buy it for a price that uh, they can make a few bucks on and then pitch it your way. Tastylicksbbq.com is a place to go to find rubs, sauces, cookbooks, wood chips, chunks, uh, wood discs, uh, cookers and grills and smokers. If they don't have it, you don't need it. And again, they have product knowledge that is beyond reproach. So, you go to tastylegsbbq.com, you order whatever you want. It's in the inventory, it ships you promptly. And then, if you need help after the sale, you give them a phone call. You talk to Fred, you talk to one of the other knowledgeable salespeople out there. You're off and running. Uh, let's chase down Dave Bosca, talk about the World Food Championships, and then the winners of free butchers for a year. Stick around, I'll be right back.
3: 74480433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Raffi. Alright, we are back,
0: 37 past. i got to get the phone ring. I hate it when the phone ring. Thanks again to Mike McLeod for uh, joining me last segment talking about the World Food Championships. My final guest tonight has been having a great year. Uh, Why, well, just spent the weekend uh, off at the World Food Championships and won the barbecue portion of it. Came in fourth overall at the final table. He also manufactures and sells the most popular brand of injections on the market, nay, the world. Let's race over to the hotline and grab Pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue, Dave Bosco, joining me here on the show. Dave, how are you, buddy?
5: Hey, we're doing good, sir. Good, doing good.
0: I uh, appreciate you making time for the show, Dave. I know it's been a busy weekend. We probably left travel involved with that as well. Uh, it's your choice where you want to start tonight. Do we want to recap uh, World Food, or do you want to announce the three winners of Free Butchers for a Year?
5: Let's take care of business first. All right,
0: business first. Uh, so, what does that mean exactly? Let's
5: let's let's announce some winners, right. and then we can. Very. Have some fun talking and telling them my stories. Right.
0: World, <laughs> so here we go. We'll, we'll do World Food Championships here in just a second. This is the moment everybody has been waiting for. We'll uh, drum roll for all three. Uh, what are we giving away first, Mike? Uh, Mike, Dave, uh, hey, sorry, yeah.
5: jeez. The beef injection,
0: Butcher's Barbecue beef injection for a year. The name of lucky winner is
5: from Baldwin, Missouri, John.
0: John Colina. All right, so he doesn't I'll have to con- worry. And
5: I'll contact each one of them individually. I've got emails and everything, but that's who the beef injection winner is.
0: John Colin wins it, and this is for a year, right, Dave? We're not messing that around is here.
5: Correct. One that is year. Correct.
0: All right, absolutely fabulous. Uh, what are we giving away next?
5: Let's jump over to the pork injection.
0: Butcher's Barbecue pork injection for a year. Name of the winner, Dave.
5: Dale Miller, Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: Dale Miller, Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. And uh, that only leaves the Butcher's Barbecue Premium Injection. And that thing it's is prime, like... Or prime a prime injection. injection. Sorry, Prime, prime Injection. Prime Injection. It's selling like hotcakes, right, Dave?
5: Yes, sir. Of course it is.
0: And the winner of the Prime is... Terry Joplin, Freeport, Freeport, Texas. Terry Joplin, Freeport, Texas. Yep. Wow. Now, uh, that's probably going to be extra special for him because, uh, obviously, as we both uh, well know, Dave, uh, Texas known for the uh, the beef and the brisket portion of barbecue, yes? Yep. yep. All right. So Jerry's going to be very happy with that. Uh, so let's briefly recap. There was uh, the beef injection the pork injection, the prime injection, uh, all three of these people are getting their respective products free for a year. Yes. Now, look, Dave, you're a, a frugal businessman. You're wildly successful. What possibly possessed you to do a free injections for each product for a year? That's one of the fabulous things I've ever heard on the face of the earth.
5: I just decided to do a promotion that will help them, help me. <laughs> It just helps get the product out there, and I think the best way is just that. Um, You can't get much better than free.
0: Uh, uh, I always find free beer to be the best tasting. I always find free bourbon to be the best tasting, and I always find free butcher's barbecue, whether it be the injections or the rubs or the sauces, to be the best. Obviously, I'm more than happy to pay for them, of course, but if I get them for free... I'm taking them all day long and twice on Sunday. All right, so I appreciate you uh, announcing those here on the show. I'm sorry we missed last week. That kind of took a little of the steam away. But, you know, when you don't have any power and you're relegated to the Internet, here's where we are. Um, so uh, any other promotions that we want to mention here that are that, that might be coming up or in the works of Butcher Barbecue that we can scoop tonight? Uh,
5: there's Yeah, there's works in the in the works. I will just say that there's... I've got uh, several new items we are testing right now. Um, Going with uh, uh, it's not going to be a brisket item, let's put it that way, but we are definitely testing items starting this weekend, doing some cooking with it. We've been playing with them in a couple of our last contests. So it's something that we've been dealing or, or working with for about two months myself. I will... Do some scientific actual stuff. I'll be doing lots of weights and measurements on scales, seeing how things hold hold their product, how it can leach out, how it uh, retain moisture. Um, got two different formulas we're working on. I'm trying to see which one will work the best for the general, and then we'll start adding different flavors to this. But I'm trying to – I'm working on the base mix right now.
0: All right, so uh, shrouded in secrecy but building uh – uh, building the sense of urgency, like uh, nobody can do. Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. All right, so uh, we transition away from uh, people winning a bunch of free stuff, and we we look to kind of recap the weekend that was spent in Las Vegas. I just had Mike McLeod on, who was kind of the brainchild behind this whole uh, World Food Championship deal. You know, Dave, uh, we've talked a number of times before, uh, intimately about KCBS and Sam's Clubs, and you know, a lot of these other events. When you see something like a World Food Championship, and I did ask Mike about it specifically, if he, if a master plan was to put a number of these World Food Championship, let's call them qualifiers, around the country during the course of the year and then have it culminating into what took place this past weekend, obviously you need that first event to kind of gauge, is it a plan that can work? Is it something that's sustainable? And he thought it was. Any surprise to you that that's kind of what, where the, the mastery plan was in that regard?
5: No, I don't think there's any surprise at all in it. Um, He has been in, he and his group have been in working with KCBS for several years, so they understand, I think, a lot of what barbecuing competition is. I think they learned a lot themselves this last weekend dealing with the other categories that went into this culinary cook-off. Uh, from what, talking to the folks that was helping them and assisting them, the barbecue pretty well took care of itself. Um, we had our regimented way of doing things. KCBS ran that. I, From what I understand, the Chili World pretty well took care of itself too. And I think the other ones, the competitors, all the way down to the way it was going to be um, turned in, was a, a scare, a frantic because no one. Those guys have never done anything quite like this, let alone weekly like what we do. So from what I understand, it was pretty hectic on their part. Um, as a competitor, you're going to have folks that like it. You're going to have folks that will do nothing but cuss what happened. Um, from the time we pulled in till the time we pulled out, um, I think it was ran very good. Uh, I'm not saying that because they gave me a check at the end of the day. (laughs) I'm saying that because it was, we we've been to contests that are only 25 teams and have been working for 10 years and was a lot less organized than these group of people out there. That's dealing with hundreds. I don't even know if they're, I don't think there was probably a thousand competitors, but there's hundreds of competitors and, I know they had to jump and and do hurdles that they didn't even know was going to be a hurdle till they got to Vegas, so I think it was really good and then, when it comes to the final seven they they worked head over heels to get what was needed for us at every time we needed something. There was no problems with that whatsoever. 11 o'clock the night before the final table, uh, we're having a kooks meeting at 11 o'clock. They're up late just like we are. They were struggling. They were running around doing everything that they thought needed to be done for that final. They were up all night long a few nights prior before we ever got there. Uh, so, I really think it went off real good. I hope that they're happy with it. I know that a lot of people were. I I've heard of a Few people that needed things that they didn't get, but I think that's just—I think those are just little things, not not the big picture.
0: I had heard from some people that said that you know the barbecue people were, were kind of put away, you know, farther away from you know the strip or, or from a a bigger milling general public than some of the other categories were. Did you find that to be the case? And. I mean, is that that big of a deal for you guys that, you know, typically if you're within an event, uh, at least a lot of barbecue competitions, you know, the the KCBS portion is segregated. There's not a lot of foot traffic there anyway.
5: Well, okay, let's let's be real about this. We've done that to ourselves. I mean, we have. We're the ones who roll in these big coaches and these big trailers um, where you can't put us on a sidewalk. right? We're the ones who's requiring (laughs) – 40-foot-long spaces each. So don't be blaming MMA for that. Don't be blaming any organizer for that, not just MMA. Um, we're the one who wants to do everything in secrecy behind closed doors. We don't want to show anybody what we do. So how can the public look at that and say, well, I was a part of that? Well, we built that for ourselves. So I think if barbecuers, and I'm, I'm one of us, if we're out there complaining about we were on the back lot, well, by God, we did that to ourselves. So so don't be complaining to the organizers for
0: that. Is there a possibility that if, God, and this would be changing behavior like nobody's business, but if, if there was more of an openness, if there was less people in the coaches and in the motorhomes and trailers doing all this prep work and, and was bringing it out to the public, do, do you think that that would possibly make the sport a little bit more popular and a little bit more approachable than it is right now?
5: Um, would it be more approachable? Well, I think absolutely. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, will it ever happen? God, I hope not. I kind of like keeping my secrets just like the next old boy. Um, but I'm not saying it's not the right thing to do. If you get to the point where like we did there at the finales, we, we were outside. I, I asked him for a table to put outside. They said, well, we'll come inside and film. I'm like, no, let's go outside. I said, I'm a realist here. we got to pay the bills for y'all. Let's, let's let the public see what's going on. So we was trying to do as much work as we could outside once we were in the lot and everything was set up and rolling. So I feel like that was the right thing to do.
0: Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue joining me here on the show. ButcherBBQ.com is the website to go check him out, obviously, uh, by any of the products that they're offering out there. Uh, You you win the barbecue portion of that, Uh, as you said, you get a nice little check for that. A lot of great teams uh, that were invited and and got you know take part in that. Pretty uh, pretty satisfied with the win over that caliber of field.
5: You know, I was asked this the other night, and I'll tell you what I I am honored to have been able to go up against guys that I call great great cooks. That's. I got to put my food up against them. I got to put my food up against folks from around the United States that I don't normally get to. We came up victorious. You know, next weekend it could be completely different. Um, but that day the judges judged ours as the best. Okay, great. I'm excited. I'm happy. I feel like I did. What I would love to have done, I competed against the best we won. Now, after that, we went against the other six culinary flavors out there. That's just icing on the cake. But where I like to have been judged was just exactly where I was judged, against the guys that I know, the ones I compete against. We go knuckles to knuckles every weekend. Or once a year, whenever we do all get to meet at a big place. That that was my win right there.
4: After that, like I said, the rest of it was just icing on the
0: cake. You know, you, you win big barbecue competitions, um, obviously like this one. At least for the barbecue portion, you finished very well in the overall table as well. And you're continuing to have a great year. Team of the year isn't going to happen, but you know, a lot of wins, uh, some really big events. Will 2012 go down as the best barbecue year yet for Butcher's Barbecue, both as a competition team and as a business?
5: As a business, yes. Um, as a team, we were third last year at the end of the year for team of the year. Um, but I, this year, I got to scratch off some bucket lists for me. One of them was qualifying for the Jack automatically. Um, didn't get to do that last year. We did this year. So, wow, I got to scratch that off my bucket list. Um, so, I all in all, I... I won more grands this year than I did last year. We didn't end as high. I, um, but, man, i it's hard to compare year to year because you do different things. But this year was – there was a lot of good things that did happen this year. So, I think if I had to pick one of the two, yeah, I'd say this year was probably a better year
0: for me. Alright, Dave, let me ask you this question and this is going to be me asking your opinion looking at a couple of different teams here. You know, I had Dan Hickson from Three Eyes on a little bit earlier. I did speak with Rob McGee a little earlier this morning via email. Uh, So we're looking at it this way for Team of the Year. Pigskin Barbecue is effectively out of the race, and that was right from Scott Nelson's mouth when I talked to him on the phone this morning. Uh, Three Eyes is cooking their eyeballs out right now. Munchin' Hogs has really caught fire as of late. And, of course, is the current KCBS Team of the Year, so they know how to close when given the chance. How do you see this race finishing off for 2012? Close. (laughs) Uh, Guess what? It's already Um, Close.
5: (laughs) Are you asking me who I think might win it? Correct, yes. Okay. Three Eyes is a great team, and that they've been on a roll. Oh, yes. Rob McGee and Munchin and Hogs at the hill it's a great team, and they are rolling. There's some things that Rob done this year a lot of folks don't know, and I was talking with him about the middle of the summer, and someone in, in that area had said something, Rob, sorry you're not doing that good this year. He <laughs> said, you'll, you'll get it back this year. Uh, next year, Rob looked at him. He says, "Man, I'm fifteenth in the nation." He said, "There's five thousand teams. What am I doing wrong?" He said, "Hell, I thought I was doing pretty good." <laughs> you know, the perception of good versus bad. Rob, as good in many times as he's won team of the year, fifteenth of the in the team of the year, he still thinks he's doing wonderful. Yeah. So that's kudos to him. But what folks don't realize. The first half of the year, he went to a contest in four categories. At that contest, he changed his recipes. He played around. He was tinkering with stuff. The next contest, he did a whole new setup. He was tinkering around for years. And he spent the first half of this year, when we were already getting hard and knuckles on the ground and dragging, he was all, he was just playing. He decided in the middle of the summer he better get busy because, well, his reasons, his reasons, but let's be real the River wife needed some money to help add on to their house, okay? Right. And uh, he said, well, I better get busy. And now he's, he just stepped right on in, and he's caught right up with everybody. If he would have been doing that all year, we would have probably all been chasing for second place and didn't even know it. <laughs> I've got strong... Strong respect for Rob and, and the guys at three eyes, but Rob is a guy that we took against quite a bit through the year, and I know he can turn it on and turn it off, and if he decides to turn it on, we're all in trouble.
0: There you go. Uh, Dave Bosca joining me here on the show. Butcherbbq.com is the website. And again, Dave, uh, thanks for coming on to announce the three winners of the beef, the pork, and the uh, prime injection. That was uh, very fun to do. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do that again sometime or whatever. You know, my door's always open when you got promotions or whenever you want to come on. I uh, always appreciate the time and, and the candor you give to the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
5: I appreciate your time, sir. And, and I just want to say real quick yeah. to everybody out there, um, we are doing a class. I've got just a few spots left in Southern California. If you're interested, go to my website, and let's get it filled up. We're about to get done, so. Finish it up if you want to, and let's let's finish out the year with a good class, okay?
0: All right, Dave, be safe. Thank you, sir. There he is. Dave Bosca, butcherbbq.com. Is he one of the best guys to uh talk barbecue with? I think so. Love that smoke. guy. A- Telling it like it is like nobody's business.
3: Dave Bosca, butcher barbecue.
0: Hey, that sounded good. Man, it's a tough one. All right, instant chat. Here you go. Who's winning team of the year this year? Is it going to be three eyes? Is it going to be Munchin Hogs? You weigh in now. I'm staying out of this one. Let me get out of the newsroom. Woo, we're back. No, not Rob Marion. Rob McGee, and Hogs. <laughs> <Rob> McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, Fred. You're being funny. Uh, So thanks to Dave. Uh, And again, congratulations to John uh, Culliner for the beef injection, uh, Dale Miller from Raleigh, North Carolina for the pork injection, and uh, Jerry Joplin from Freeport, Texas for the prime injection. For a year. A year? I'll take it for a year. Damn, damn, Skippy! Um, don't forget, I had mentioned uh, last week or last week. Uh, don't forget, coming up next week, uh, we're looking for the Kingsford Invitational Open winner. Kingsford Invitational winner. Uh, also, uh, Meathead will join us in the first hour. We'll probably be talking about. Uh, well, we were supposed to talk about that Cook Air. Remember the Cook Air cooker that he mentioned last month. We'll probably talk about that. Also, we might be finally talking about what is smoke. You know, Meathead's got researchers on retainers, scientists on retainers. He's got retainers on retainers. Retainer nightmare. Retainer all over. All right, let's wrap it up. Very first hour, all the way back at 914, Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue came on, recapped his uh, reserve at the Hog Captain in Raleigh, North Carolina. Also, his views on uh, what the rest of the team of the year looks like. Also, on some cooking classes. You got the uh, school, the uh, Q school with Swamp Boys. SwampBoys.com, if you want to sign up for that. Also, be on Three Eyes Barbecue at some point soon. Uh, Then Derek Riches, bbq.about.com, talking about the Jack, talking about the American Royal. Uh, prestige between one and the other his thoughts on uh, walking the jack this year being there as a media member and uh, a tourist if you will and then in the second hour Mike McLeod MMA creative talking about the world three championships his plans to expand that over time making it its own little series uh, separate from what he's doing and then uh, closing out Dave Boska Butcher Barbecue great show appreciate each and every one of my guests and of course the listeners uh, if you have raw cast iron season it each and every time ham, cooking oil, whatever. Also, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.